welcome one and all once again to Do World In for the week of October 12th, 2015. I am joined this week by Daniel. Greetings. And Patrit. Yes, that's correct. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> we are coming to you on this... Actually, we're coming to you on a Monday recording day of because it is Columbus Day, which is one of my personal favorite holidays in America. Because, it's because a holiday nobody can decide whether they like it or not. Yes, it's a holiday that exists for no other reason than its tradition. Nobody seems to want to celebrate it anymore, but nobody knows how to get rid of it. And because it's in production, everybody gets it off, so I happen to have today off, and I'm like, I'm going to embrace it, because there's nothing associated with Columbus Day. You know, there's a lot of holidays that are for families and friends, like Thanksgiving and Christmas. There's um, events that you're supposed to celebrate by going out and getting drunk, like St. Patrick's Day and Halloween. You know, then there's, you know, Fourth of July and all that, which is part. Coming up today is just a Monday. It's literally just a Monday off. <laughs> just an extra holiday. <laughs> Any excuse yeah. to not go the, to work. The US on needs it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any excuse not to go to work, I'm there. I am so game. So <laughs> here I am. Though to be fair, and I guess to kick it off, part of the reason I'm so keen on Columbus Day this year is it comes at the tail end of New York Comic Con, which meant I actually got a day to rest before I go back to work. Um, yeah, tell just, us about your experience. Okay, just to kick it off, uh, this is, I think, my seventh year going to New York Comic Con. And I have to say, as the years have gone on and on, I've noticed that there's been a huge decrease in the gaming presence at this show. And I don't necessarily know why, because it's right before the fall holiday season. Like, a lot of games start coming out this week, next week, and all that other stuff. All the games that are actually ready to be shown... Yeah, like you can have finalized versions of these things, one big final push, but as the year's gone on, there's just been less and less of those, and this year was no... The is, is like, uh, I have like first-hand experience of this, because this the reason why I stopped going to Eurogamer, is games take up a lot of space at a show floor, like loads of space, and it yeah, might just be the case if they've got the more and more consoles. people. Yeah. Yeah, it might just be a case of they've got more and more people every year, and they can't fit them. That that may be that. I mean, that is that's, that is vastly true for certain regards. I think New York Comic Con last year. I don't know if it's still this year. I believe it ended up becoming the biggest convention in North America. Yeah, was it, they, was it a new venue this year, or was that last no, year? Same venue. Same, same venue. venue. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think they said there was a hundred and fifty thousand people over the four days um so yeah, that's yeah. a lot yeah <laughs> and you feel it every step of the way because it is one building that has been around for a long time and it hasn't really gone through any renovation uh mm. the one plus over time is that and i don't want to i don't i'm going to say this it, that it's not a negative in that i dislike it which i do but it's a it's a positive in that it just means that there's just focus on it but um, they did. It used to be that it was New York Comic Con and uh, like an Anime Con at the same time, and they've kind of separated that Anime Con to something its own event now. So at least that way, you kind of lessen how much uh, people are there. You still get a ton of people. Um, that said, there was some gaming-related stuff there, not too much. Um, I guess the big one was, and this was off-site, but it was around New York Comic Con. I went to a just Cause 3 Tomb Rise of the Tomb Raider panel, where they showed off new gameplay footage, and yeah, I will say this much, that is, those are the two oddest games to demo back-to-back, because they're like the two extreme game design, 
Yeah. Complete opposites of each other. Yeah, you have this game where it's like, I mean, it's really like, why can't you do this just because we wanted to? And mm-hmm. then there's Tomb Raider, which is heavily scripted, and everything's kind it of has to be emotional and breathtaking, and you have to feel for the character, and you just go through, yeah, blow up the city, who cares? Yeah, and it was it was really weird watching them back to back because like just cause they would they put boosters on like a cow and they'd you'd kick the cow and watch it dry up into the air and explode, or you can like grapple hook to anything. So you'd grab like there was one point where he'd grapple hooked like a statue like various points of a statue and it ended up smacking itself and breaking. Um, you you know you can fly you can fly airplanes and jets and stuff like that and you can hang upside down from them, and it's like yeah you can like this is like whatever the hell you want to do. You can do it just because it's a video game, and we're saying you should do it. And then you had Tomb Raider, and the big the big thing for them was showing off, I guess, uh, some of their complaints from the original Tomb Raider reboot from 2013. So they had stuff like, you know, they had a segment where you could more swim tombs, on the right? Yeah, that was they were showing off a tomb, which just looks like a giant. It's like a giant. It wasn't even a puzzle. It's just like a giant room. Um, and it's very reminiscent of Indiana Jones. There's a ton of traps, and like they were showing us one of the earlier ones. Like any time a trap would activate, you get like some slow mo stuff for you to react, like jumping over a pit that would impale you, or like spikes that fall off the ceilings. You have to shoot them down before they hit you. And according to the developers, that's early on in the game. As you get further in the game, the reaction times become faster, and ultimately you just have to know what the traps look like. So that was interesting. Um, was it well attended? Yeah, it was uh, pretty well attended. And then there was a um, after party, uh, which I didn't go to because I was lame and decided to work Thursday and then go to the convention, which just made me extremely tired <laughs> by the time mm-hmm. that was all done. But it, no, it was uh, nice getting to you know see these games in action, and again just trying you know again it's just funny to see them back to back because yeah. they are so radically different. I wonder how many people that were there were going to buy Rise of the Tomb Raider on Xbox One. So well, that, I just can't help but think that every time that game comes up, it's like, how many people were actually going to buy this on Xbox One? Well, I mean, that was and that's always that was one of the, that was one of the first questions they were asked um, was when it's coming to PS4 and all they said. <laughs> Next year. If, 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 if you're so, you know, if you're hardcore enough to go to a convention and to sit in those kind of panel, and the first question is, when is it coming out on a different console than advertised at the, at the panel, you're probably in some kind of trouble as a publisher. Well, we'll see. I, I'm, I am curious about his performance. The Square Enix are well aware that, no, that people aren't happy about it. They, they know... They don't need to be well, asked not happy, but you know, I think they they probably picked this before you know the major gap between the two console sales were you know falling out. You know what's it's going on. So. Well, I mean, to be fair, the gap in America isn't that big, so we'll see. Well, it's, it's massive in Europe. That's yeah, the problem. yeah, yeah, um. yeah. Well, they stopped giving out hard numbers a while ago, so maybe after the holidays, well, they'll they'll give new real numbers. But it's it's hard to grasp right now. You at least from the most common sense and from the the things you can gather between the fact that more games sell on the PS4, you can extrapolate that PS4 still has a heavy lead. But I, you know, Microsoft I honestly, is planning a big holiday season. 
honestly, personally speaking, I I mean, I guess Microsoft didn't have any control of it. I would have muzzled the fact that it's coming PS4 until it came out. Um, it, because, like you said, it's just going to have people... Oh, I couldn't wait for it. Where is, if it's you pretty had strange that they actually... I, I did, really didn't think they would do it before the game was released. You yeah, know? way before. It was before pretty, it. pretty, yeah. Pretty surprised that they announced, like, uh, through a window of release, even though it's a year off for PS4 folks, but that's still a, a window to say, like, oh, I'll wait. Yeah, yeah, um, that was... It is what it is, but it is funny that... Because, you, you know, to your point, you'd also think that people who come to this type of thing for Tomb Raider that was off-site would kind of know by now that... Well, I would have asked just to be a pain in the arse. <laughs> <laughs> just to spite them. Yeah. Fair enough, Fair enough then. I how how was the rest of uh, Comic-Con? Anything interesting? Um, the rest of it was, I mean... Nobody, nobody else had a presence there. Sony wasn't there... Microsoft wasn't there. Nintendo had a single room which was uh, dedicated to Yokai Watch. Oh, interesting choice. I would have uh-huh. thought they would do the Zelda thing because they had some multiplayer and people go. Yeah, and, and that. Uh, but I guess from I'm I'm actually surprised because I also went to PAX Prime and they mm-hmm. what they did there is they had people walking around with the 3DS. I'm surprised they didn't do something. Yeah, you like told. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because you do end up walking. You just do end up standing in line a long time, and that's a great way to kind of get people playing your game because you have nothing else to do while you're online for an hour or so. Well, not only that is it's a handheld console, so why chain it to a stand? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, they had different. Th- like there was different activities centered around that game, but it was whatever. Uh, then I went hands on with a um, strategy RPG for mobile devices. Mm, which okay. I also have an interview which will be going up on the website sometime this week. And essentially, I mean, this is kind of fire. I mean, on your smartphone, you get a, you know, wrote the characters, there's a friendship system. Um, I didn't get to, I don't know how it's activated because I tried pairing characters together and they didn't do anything, so I don't know how, necessarily know how it works. Uh, but they did tell me that there's a friendship system in there. You had the same red and the same red and blue square grid that you have in Fire Emblem if you want to, you know, see where enemies are going to attack or see where you're safe, see where you can attack, stuff like that. Um, the big thing is this is actually a port or a localization of a Japanese version. And one of the big things they were saying was like bringing it to the West. One of the things they had to do was add a male character um, because they find that having male, a male character makes the game more balance for for, for new for new for well for a male audience essentially hmm okay i would think that if they want to really pander out that audience they will have a quote unquote scantily dressed female well the problem oh, guess, is it's like the western audiences too. aren't as receptive to that as the japanese they, tend to be are they so yeah and I, yeah, I think we tend to think we tend to think it as skeezy. America, it's weird. Americans embrace violence, but we scream at sexuality, mm-hmm. and Japanese yeah. tend to shy away from violence, but are okay with sexuality. Yeah. So that was one of the big things. Um, and essentially, because of that, it's, they're making this a prequel to the Japanese version of that game, um, which it sounds interesting. You know, just to kind of design around the story. Um, like I said, I'll have better hands-on and an interview later this week. What's it called? It's called Phantom of the Kill. Okay. 
It's and coming to iOS and Android soon already, or yeah, it's a ways they off. just said they just said winter, so it should be mm, out by the end okay. of the year. Okay. Um, and then the other one wasn't necessarily a game, but it was in a way. It's called Battle Chasers, and what it is is somebody wrote a book called The Red Sun, and they were thinking of how to kind of get people into reading their book. So they partnered with a mobile company to create a. If a, 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 a geocaching game, essentially they set up points throughout the convention center, and as you pass them, you engage in battle on these points. And you have to, there's like eight markers or something. You have to hit them all within a, you know you have to hit them all to complete the game and stuff like that. And as you do, you collect cards and information about characters and creatures in the book. And the whole idea is for you to start there, kind of, you know, go around the convention center, see the convention center, and ultimately the final point will lead you back to their booth so that you can get more information on it and, of course, buy the book there. Um, I thought I thought, I thought thought it was novel just because, no pun intended, <laughs> just because I like the idea of trying to get more people to read in any fashion that you can. I think it's something that we shy away from is just kind of embracing that people don't read as much anymore. If they do, you can't, you, we're so used to um, digestible content. We're so used to articles and lists and stuff like that that people don't necessarily take the time to read properly anymore. So I thought it was an interesting merger of a game world and, you know, a, an actual book. And again, another interview that goes up later this week, and they were explaining how, you know, how it came about and how sometimes the card game and the geocaching game influences the book and how the book influences the card game and how that's created because, you know, the, the creatures you create in a book may look differently when the concept artist gets a hold of them and do you describe it differently? Do you inter- do you, are the characters who become more popular? Do they get a bigger role in the book and stuff like that? And, of course, that is a book that um, the author intends to have multiple parts to. So far, only the first book is out. And they said that they're looking to launch next year to have it be a more, not durable thing, they want to start smaller. Like right now, it's only been in conventions, but next year they want to do it like, they go to New York Comic Con, and then they'll leave these anchor points around New York City so that people can play this game outside of the convention center, and then it would go city to city. Does it hook to any big books or any known books, or how does that work? It's just, just, so far, it's just the book that the authors were in. Ah, okay. Yeah, called The Red Sun. Right, okay. And of course, it's a fantasy novel. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds um, interesting. A little, yeah. you know, vague on the concept still, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> it sounds interesting. I don't know. Like I said, so far it's limited to conventions, so like it's a it's a it's a great idea. I think it's a good idea, but you know, you can know you've reached so many people in a convention setting. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And it's going to it's going to depend on how well they can expand and how quickly they can expand this game and its uh, reach. Yeah, also, you know, it's a great when you're standing in line or anything else. Most people are at conventions with other people, so they're having conversations, doing something else than reading stuff on their mobile phone. Yeah. So. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Like, I think, to me, the biggest... I didn't realize this until the absolute last day I was there. The biggest thing that was noticeable was the fact that Ubisoft wasn't there. Ubisoft tends to be one of the biggest game publishers at these things. And mm. I didn't notice it because 
like Ubisoft was like the center stage you go in and that would be them and usually the first thing you'd see is like the Just Dance booth and right that's a huge part of it you know you have people dancing music viewing and stuff like that and without them it's just like this huge vacuum um, like I said again without Microsoft and Sony it's also a huge thing the only other people who were there were Bandai and Namco who were mostly there who were more there for the toys than they were for the um, games like I think the games. big one yeah. The big one they had was a like Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Um, Which came out anything, in like, end of January. Yeah, I year. don't think they have anything massive coming out. So, well, they yeah. do publish Dark Souls, but no, they didn't have that there. Um, it was the, the booth was pretty much it was very heavy Power Ranger themed. Um, I don't know why because it's not even like an anniversary for Power Rangers. And is then, there a movie in the making again? Yeah, or? but that hasn't even started. No, but, you know, getting good hype up. Ooh. You would do that <laughs> next year. The movie's not out until early 2016. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Capcom, who's always a staple of these things, and they had Street Fighter V. They, yeah, had, uh, they had Resident Evil Revelation, which I swore was out already. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's been for a while. Yeah. Uh, no. they, had, they had the Mega Man Legacy Collection. So yeah, they just kind of bought best of with stuff with them, and I, I, I and I hate to be the negative now. <laughs> it always confuses me when people line up to play a game you can buy at home. Yeah, yeah. Some conventions here in Europe also have just released games. It just the, the organizers always say it's an opportunity for folks to try out the game, which I I, I kind of get. To a certain degree, but it's Mega Man, which is a port of a bunch of games you could have played on like for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, I heard a lot of times from other podcasts and uh, seeing things myself at these kinds of conventions, they want to keep the uh, show for the booth space. They want to keep that, even though they may not have something to show this year. They want to keep the same oh, spot. They keep they keep the same size. If they give it up this year, it's really hard for people to get it back the next year when they do have stuff to show. Okay, so makes- you pay and keep it, and maybe not have something spectacular. But when you have, you still have to move for the same amount that you had last year. Okay, that that makes sense to me. That makes a certain amount of sense to me. Uh, and I guess the other thing that they had. Was it was weird because there, there was actually no booth for it, but they had the Lego um, Avengers game there. Right, that was announced there, right? Well, no, it's been announced because it comes out oh, this month. Okay. Oh, okay, sorry. Did yeah, not. I thought it was announced. Uh, okay. No, so that was there. So many Lego games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because there's like I there's like a little you know joke in beef between the um the two. Because there's Lego Dimensions that just came out. And then came Lego out with the, yeah, with the Toys to Life stuff. Yeah. So, transitioning from the New York Comic Con, and I'll have more impressions of the general stuff, like actual comic book stuff, written up on the website. The other big thing for this weekend, which kind of pissed me off because <laughs> I was happy to extend it a day, was the Star Wars Battlefront beta. Yes. Which, thank God, I can't believe I'm going to say this about EA... But thank God that somebody realized that the, the notion of an open beta is so much more better than doing some random code distribution. Or to, just what are you talking about? Nobody really does the code distribution crap now. Like, like didn't Need for Speed just do it? Oh, mm-hmm. I guess so. And yeah. what was before Need for Speed? Uh, Street Fighter V does it. 
Yeah. Street Fighter Five though, like you just pre-order the game, like. Yeah, but still, that's. And not only that, is you kind of know what you're gonna get with Street Fighter Five. You can get a Street Fighter game. <laughs> but, but still, most people still like use that. Like some people may use it as a pre-order incentive, but you still have that hurdle of like you have to like with this. It's like I have on my Xbox download the the uh, the Star Wars Battle from Beta, make sure, and it's what like eight gigs or something like that. So yeah, but not, yeah. No, I can only tell you about the PC version. So no, but, it was at the PS tried the PS4 version, and yeah, it's around eight gigs. It's 10 on PC. Okay, so size aside, yeah. what have you folks thought about the beta so far? I fucking hate it! Underwhelming. Oh my god, like, I don't like... So, I'm going to start off with the positives, right? <laughs> like, I, thought you, I thought you were actually... Because I've seen so many people who love the actual beta. <laughs> I'm going to start off with the positives. The game looks fucking fantastic. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh it my looks great. god! Like that is yeah, the best really looking good. snow and those like the best looking explosions I've ever seen. Right? Best Not exactly. Authentic looking Star Wars game. Yeah. That has and ever been. The the blasters sound really cool and Tie Fighters fucking flying across your fucking head while you're doing Music shit. It's perfectly done. Great. The sound effects are great. Well, in most cases, there are a couple of points where they're not fantastic, especially when you're in the AT-AT. Uh, but for the most part... Oh, one curious thing about the sound design is you're walking around in an AT-ST, but you don't hear any stomping sounds, which is very disappointing. Like, it's not hard to get this right, guys. You have to make a robot stomping around, you know? <laughs> or a snow-crushing sound or anything like that, yeah. But um, aside from that, it looks great. It sounds great. It's just a shame about basically everything else in this game, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Because it feels like a Battlefield game, but dumbed down. And like, if I wanted a Battlefield game, I'll just buy a Battlefield game. Like... Yeah, apart the from the it. setting, it's not very unique. You yeah, know, once you played a few rounds, you feel like, okay, this is just a skin. It like, feels like you play a skin. Like, the the changes they did make, I kind of like the whole sort of active reload thing. And if you're not sure what that is, basically, when, you, when your gun overheats, you have to sort of time it, time pushing the reload button correctly, and then you can get... It'll cool it down instantly and you can start shooting again. That's fine, whatever. But the guns don't feel good and it's got nothing to do with the sound effects because the sound effects are great. It's just the animations are a bit weak. And uh, and it seems like the default gun that the Rebels get is much better than the default gun that the Imperials get. And... I don't know who who designed Walker Assault or whatever it's called, but that is that is fucking awful. It is so bad. Like if you play on the Rebels, you may they may they may as well just start the game and go. Yeah, sorry guys, you lost. <laughs> no. I just I just don't get it. Like it's just like you require it requires 
the way it works is basically the Imperials they get ATATs that start off in the middle of nowhere and they walk to the shield generator and if they get to the shield generator the Imperials win fine and the rebels have to they have to like activate these radar posts and defend them for a bit and then Y wings come in and they drop bombs on the uh, on the ATATs and then you basically have to shoot the ever loving crap out of them otherwise they will not die and yeah, it just, just feels through, like through the cable it, through the legs yeah or well you have to kind of get lucky for that though um, yeah. and this is the thing is that like uh, it, it requires teamwork and it requires an inordinate amount of teamwork on the rebels side compared to the imperials where you don't just like, rush the side. Yeah, you just bomb rush them, and you know you win for the most part. And uh, and the spawns are all weird. And there were times where I spawned as a rebel right in front of Darth Vader, which was not fun. Um, you know, and it's just like who like who designed this like i don't understand how anybody thought this was fun because it's just so hard for the rebels to win you know and and on top of that there's loads of general problems like you unlock a you have to unlock grenades or a, it's a grenade that regenerates and you unlock like a vehicle uh, no you unlock like a sniper rifle but the sniper rifle was op like there is no reason to not use it because and it's, it gets especially frustrating if you can't navigate the poor menus to unlock the goddamn sniper rifle in the first yeah, place. Yeah, menus are atrocious. They're um, way confusing. There are way too many of them. It doesn't cards, really... Like, co- why, what, what are co- why cards? Like, why can't you just have a loadout and have a list of things that I've got and then let me put them in a and slot? And a list of know? things that you can unlock once you level up and have the correct amount yeah, of points. I just don't understand it. And so, like, all these things just sort of... just sort of tie into each other to make this really frustrating experience, on which is just on top of a game, a generic game, that looks really good. That's That's how I feel about Battlefront. And... It's just like, I'd rather play Battlefront 2 than this, and that game's 11 years old. <laughs> you know? So I, and, I, um... and I feel that EA is generally trying with this one in the terms of the fact that it's an open beta, everyone wants to try, they really want your feedback, but they're not going to incorporate anything we talk about right now, because know, they have no time. Cute. Exactly, they have no time. This is just a, like it's we've a talked about, this is, this is a well, demo, they've yeah. Just announced, they've just announced today that there's a fucking $50 season pass. Which I thought were dead, but... Um, but if they had I, this six months ago, they could at least do stuff that the community has their eyes on right now. But... Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was because I, I I downloaded it this morning and played because like I said I've been at Comic Con all weekend mm-hmm. and I just thought it was me being new to the game that maybe I didn't know some of it like I assume there's still a learning curve that I need to go through sure, but yeah I sure. assume some of it was like oh because I've heard such good things about it I'm like oh maybe it's just me I haven't had enough time with it yet but the way you two are talking about it, it does sound like problems I had are still in the game. Um, so far, the only mode I've really played, though, is the uh, drop pod one. 
I actually like the map, but I don't like the spawning system. And the, the weird thing about it is it basically becomes a rush first to the pod. And it, once a few team, teammates of you are on that side, it's basically impossible to take it back. I, I don't understand... I don't understand why that mode is in the game because. Well, I think because it's it's supposed to be like all the other, you know, it's like um, uh, searching King of the hill. Well, it's, it's something like that. But yeah, I think the big. No, thing I don't understand it. No, I understand the mode. I don't understand why it's in the game because, like, I mean, maybe I'm doing something wrong and putting too much investment into the battlefront name, but. King of the Hill was not why I ever played Battlefront. Oh, no, I, I completely get you, but it just seems like, oh, this is what all first-person shooters are doing now. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you should. Uh, th- 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 I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> I'm just saying that just because that there's a lot of people who want to pay for it either. This is what's expected from I, a first-person shooter in 2015. And this is the thing, is like EA and DICE are at the top of the fucking game when it comes to first-person shooters. They can easily do something that's not the same as everything else, you know, and they have, that's exactly what they've done, is they've done something that's almost the same as everything else, and it's just really frustrating, because, yeah, even the single player mode, it's pretty much horde mode, oh my god, it's like, and not only that, is the AI is pretty terrible, I mean, you could say they're being authentic, ha ha ha, because the (laughs) stormtroopers can't hit you, yeah, that's an easy excuse, but that this is a fucking video game. Like in the movie, it's like a it's a, a kind of a quirky little thing, you know, because there's a plot that has because to. Because they're clones, yeah. But in a video game, like there's a fail state, and they're there to make sure that you get to the fail state, you know. And it's just like I don't know. I like, really, really think that once once they started this game, once they got the license, like okay, first things first, you know, it's look and feel and sound authentic. And then we do everything else. And I just think that they put all of their efforts into the first three <laughs> categories. And then they was oh shit, we have to get make game modes. And oh, this yeah. has to actually function. And oh, menus, right? Uh, six not... months to deadline. So how are we going to make some menus? It's like and that's the last things like... they add. How do the maps work? Because is is like is Hoth only going to be Walker Assault? And if Hoth is only going to be Walker Assault, do you have to specifically say like you do in the demo? I want Walker Assault when it throws you into half. Because that's not... That's not how matchmaking works. But what you... we've seen from E3 until up until this beta, it seems that the half level is just a Walker Assault mode. And well, that's, that's fine. It. That's fine. But, like, if I, yeah, if I pick Walker Assault, am I just going to get half and one map? One other map, maybe? Because like? yeah, I feel like, the, like the, the, they showed off similar modes, but it wasn't Walker Assault. Uh, didn't they show one on... Is it Endor? What's the Ewoks planet? Uh, yeah, the, the forest, the forest one. Yeah. So and I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, there's just things that they they try to make a varied gameplay by having the power ups, but all that does is just create a random number generator, and it makes it frustrating because I don't know when I'm going to pick up an ATST, or and I don't know when I'm going to pick up a rocket launcher. And I don't know when I'm going to pick up a vehicle turret. But I could really do with a vehicle turret right here, right now. Because, it's <laughs> you know... 
and it's just so strange and yeah if you know what you pick up there's some skill involved if by planning it's like okay I walk through there and then I pick up this thing and then plant it there and now it's like oh I walk towards it and it's like oh wait now I have to do something I didn't count on you can't drop it as far as and I it's know like, and there's some really weird st- stuff with the power ups like you pick up an eighty eighty power up and you get 14 seconds to use it. And if you don't use it in 14 seconds, it vanishes from your inventory. And it's like, uh? Like, maybe it's not a good idea for me to be using it right now. But you want me to? Yeah, like, maybe they did that so that people wouldn't ward them. And basically have no more power-ups equivalent and, and, and this, towards other people. And this is people. the thing, though. Is, like, it feels like the ATAT power-up only there is there because they're like, oh, crap. People are going to be real mad if they don't let if we don't let them get in it. So they just did this half-fast thing where you 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 operate the turret for a minute. Like what? It just doesn't feel like anything makes sense, really. And that's what yeah. really gets me down is because it just feels like they've hobbled all the gameplay together because yes, uh, yes. they've backed themselves into a corner because they said they would make a Star Wars game. You know, and whereas Battlefield, Battlefront Two, everything had a purpose to it. You know, like, and although it was this one basic thing, which was it was essentially domination. You know, it was just basically rushed from Battlefield, really. Actually, you know, but it made sense because there were certain air, certain points you wanted to capture because they had the vehicles. But even though you had the vehicles, there was a specific class on every team to deal with vehicles, you know? So it, it was like a, like a rock, paper, scissors type thing, whereas, I don't know, this, the, the, the new Battlefront just feels like they hobbled it together to me. And it makes me sad because the game looks fantastic and it sounds amazing. It feels like I'm standing on Hoth. Yeah. <sighs> Well, I take it neither one of you are picking this up then. <laughs> I wasn't planning to anyway, to be honest. I was actually considering it because at Gamescom it played really well, and they had the mode that wasn't in here, the um, the flying with the ships, like the space dueling, that was really fun to play. I played it twice even, and just because I liked it that much. But now, oh, well, when now it's seeing like, all the menus and when it's just dogfighting, it's actually okay, is it? Yeah, the dogfighting uh-huh. was actually really fun. It played well, it, even on consoles, the well, steady saying, frame rate. That, that's part of the appeal of Battlefield, isn't it? Dogfighting, so uh, yeah, I guess so, that makes sense. It's just a shame about everything else. Yeah, and it's always like that, you know, playing something at a convention, you're excited, and it's like, yeah, I'll give this the benefit of the doubt, and playing it at home for larger periods of time, and going through the menus, and just having the experience itself. It's like... You know, it's not really what I thought it would be. Yeah. Did you have any lag and server problems and stuff like that? Okay, I thought that was just my connection, because it would get jumpy at times, like my character... Yeah, yeah like, jumping it, through to the world, you know, not falling to it, but like having the thing as like, oh, I'm moving forward, oh, no, oh, no, now I'm 20 steps back, oh, now I'm 20 yeah. steps forward. I, I, I'm so used to it being my connection, I just chalked it up to a bad internet connection. Honestly. No, no, I had no, no problems. But uh, okay. PC has different problems where you can't get into a server at all half the time. So you know. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> uh, 
my uh, my and there was I mean it's it's a beta and you know it's a yeah, yeah, okay, one of my fa- one of my favorite things that's, is like somebody that's the only died thing and they can test networking is yeah. the only thing they can adjust between now and launching the game so yeah. I'll give them that that's not really something I'm concerned about yeah somebody died and their body just kind of stood floating in midair for a oh. bit I thought that was funny always a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess uh, more positive news. Um, you cho- which one of you checked out the um, Transformers game? I haven't yet, actually. I really oh. want to, but I haven't yet. <laughs> okay, I th- uh, I, I, I gone off I, I, great I, reviews, and the people who played it said they really liked it. So yeah, I'm, it's I'm like twenty quid. I'd have bought it, but it's full price. Yeah, I'm making the, I'm making the, I'm making to pick that up. I mean, it's Platinum Games. I I would say they don't they haven't done wrong, but I've heard such mixed things about Cora. Cora is really mixed, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, okay. So then I guess we can head on over to news. Yes, there's anything else you folks want to talk about? I've played um, the Beginner's Guide. Yeah, I want to hear Beginner's Guide and uh, tell folks a little bit, just just two minutes about Uncharted Collection. Sure. Um, go go so ahead with the Beginner's Guide. Yeah. The Beginner's Guide is an interesting. Thing. I'm not going to use the word game to describe it, not because of this stupid this isn't a video game, how dare you call it a video game tirade, but it's more I don't know, it's an experience. Um, so it's the follow-up to the Stanley Parable and that's going to pique some ears. Um, by follow-up I kind of mean it's by one of the guys, and it has a similar kind of tone to it. Well, not tone, a similar theme to it, but it's not really all that the same. Um, pardon me. So, it's uh, it's uh, a, a walking simulator, if you must use that term. Um, the, the premise is that Davy Reedon, who is one of the creators of the Stanley Parable, is taking you through some of the games that his friend has made in the hopes that he can get his friend to start making games again. Um, but it's not meta at all. Well, this is the thing. It's the most important aspect about the Beginner's Guide is that it's very much a sort of... I wouldn't say commentary, but it kind of is, about how things are made and by things I mean like any kind of anything that people spend their time and labour on and love you know um, it's about things that people make and why they make them and how you can sort of figure out who somebody is from what they make and whether you have a right to do that and all kinds of other things Um the problem with the beginner's guide is it very much hinges upon, I guess, personal experience with these kinds of things. Um, because personally, I found the beginner's guide very hard to play. Not because it, the game's difficult, but because some of the things that it brought up, uh, they sort of they shined a big floodlight on something that I'd missed in in. I guess you could say my experiences with things, and it may and it got very emotional for me when I was playing it. So, I mean, I, there are going to be people out there that I've spoken to a couple of people who didn't get it. I've spoken to people who just don't understand 
like they get it, but they don't understand why people like would feel anything it about it. Much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a very much it's very much gonna be like your mileage will vary. Um, I'm st- I still think about the beginners guys ending to this day because of how much like I finished it a couple of weeks ago because of how much it just sort of made me realise this one thing that I'd not seen before about something that was very important to me. So, if you're interested in sort of, I guess, different things, like, I guess, more arty things that aren't pretentious, if you're interested in the Stanley Parable, if you're interested in perhaps getting a sort of, just sort of a commentary on art and, like, just sort of things that people spend their spare time on, you know, or maybe even psychology as well, I would definitely check it out because it would, it's definitely worth it. But if you're not the kind of person who's into that kind of thing, then I wouldn't touch it because it's not going to do anything for you. How much is it now? It's $10. Or okay, your okay. That's, not, that's not too much now. Yeah. And it's out on Steam right now, right? It's yeah, the Steam sales are on the corner, so... It's on mm-hmm. Humble, um, I don't know what... It's on Windows, but it will run on any Windows machine made in the last five years, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, is it on anything else? Let me check. Uh, it's on... Oh, it's on Windows, Mac, and Linux, so you don't have to worry too much okay. about that. If okay. you've a computer made in the last five years, uh, it will run it. Um... I would definitely check it out. Um, just sort of... Uh, don't expect anything long. Don't expect anything video gamey. Don't expect anything... Uh, anything traditional, I guess. And just... and you, um, This is the most important thing. If you're going to play it, you have to finish it in one sitting. It takes about between an hour and a half and two hours. So set aside that time and play it to completion because otherwise you won't get it. I recommend yeah. it, but it's okay. very much more. It's not for everybody, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and now the Uncharted collection or the Nathan yeah, Drake. Just, yeah, just going to say a few brief words. You know, the Uncharted uh, Nathan Drake collection, the first three Uncharted on PS4. I picked it up. Uh, mainly because between now and the release of Uncharted 4, I just wanted to play them again on a current-gen machine. This is the way to do it, and mostly because those games in Europe, especially, are not going to be heavily discounted between now and March, so why wait? You know, you guys, folks, have you know Black Friday coming up, lots of Christmas Woo-hoo. deals, stuff like that, and wow. it's probably not going to be... Uh, and you'll buy two, get one free sale. Yeah, yeah. Main of my existence. Yeah, and even if it's get discounted here, not by much, because Sony first party is not really something that's heavily discounted between now and March. You know, maybe well, a year, year and a half from now, but... Especially because Sony doesn't have to compete with anyone right now. Exactly, exactly. There's no rush, you know. Maybe 10, 15% once, you know, Uncharted 4 comes close. And like, hey, pick this up to get yourself ready. But not really a big enough discount for me, at least, to say, I need to wait for something. So, and I started the first one last night. And Bluepoint, the, the studio who made the port, did a fantastic job. Menu interface is great. All the options are there. There's no multiplayer, but I don't care for multiplayer on the Uncharted game, so that's fine. 
And I just want to say they played great. The 60 frames is excellent. Uh, first Uncharted, they did a fantastic job on. Yes, the textures look flat, and yes, it plays slow, far more slowly than the second and third one. And yeah, it looks a little bit more dated, but <laughs> you, you know, already in this game. Yeah, no, they fixed the controls for Uncharted One at least. Yeah, it, yeah. it controls it far better. Oh, you mean they got rid of the motion controls? And and they actually they tightened up the uh, the aiming as well. Yes, I'm not aiming, and enemies really do die quicker now, even if you hit them in spots, they won't die. That was my big problem with Uncharted 1, it was the sponge enemies. Yes, even the early early guys in in the PS3 version, you had to hit like multiple times, even you hit them full in the chest, and now you got two bullets and the early guys goes down, so that's not really a big problem now. I really think that if people want to play this, play play the three games before... The forefront comes out on their current gen machines again. It's absolutely worth it. But if you're someone who can wait for, and you see yourself like, eh, I want to pick this up beforehand, and you live in a place where you know it's going to be discounted, just wait. If you want to play them again, there's no reason to wait before it comes out. Just pick it up. You already know if you want to get it. They did a fantastic job. Okay. Um, now news, and I guess since we're talking about this holiday season and sales, we might as well talk about the fact that Microsoft has decided that the best way to sell an Xbox One this year is to bundle it with everything. With everything, uh, with the entire holiday season, <laughs> just scram packed it in there. So if I'm you want a holiday sure, season, it's in there. I'm pretty sure one of their bundles, you get a trip to Santa Claus's village in the white, uh, in the North Pole. But seriously, I think what there's something like 13 different bundles. Yeah, 12 or 13 or something like that. Wait, really? I thought that was just like a joke. No, that's the actual amount. Oh my god. They had a bundle like, week the announcement then? where like, they added six of them, but they already had around six. They should just do what they do over here and just say you get an Xbox One and one of these games for this much. Well, I, 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 think, cause I think there are some deals like that where people... Because it's like... Uh, I, th- I forget which one it comes with. There's like one you buy, it it comes with a game, and then you get NBA 2K16 for free. And it's like, yeah, there's uh, there's Connect bundles, there's FIFA bundles, there's, there's War Ultimate League bundles, bundle there's Frozen Motorsport, there go bundle, Halo 5 bundle, <laughs> Elite bundle, bundle, yeah, Rise of the Tomb Raider bundle, um, Madden oh, bundle. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and and it's not it's not just the bundles because that's confusing on its own. But they're also introducing a one petabyte uh, SKU as well. <sighs> so that's yeah, like, I mean, so wait, hang on. So to do all the bundle choices, maybe have a a, a one terabyte option as well. So there's like twenty six different no, combinations. No, 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 just one or two will have the terabyte, like the elite oh, one right. with the elite controller. But that's also five hundred bucks. Um, just, I mean, kind of a funny aside, because, you know, I, I always hate it when people, not, not that I think the average person is stupid, but I do think that most people don't necessarily look at stuff the same way we do, so no. I went to, I went to pick up my, um, Amiibo 3-pack of the retro characters. Oh, the retro ones, yeah. Yeah, and somebody went to buy, I think her niece, a DS, and that's all she said, it's like, my niece exipated DS. And the guy's like, which one? Oh, and yeah. And she's like, I don't know. She just takes the Mario game. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, and the naming convention for Nintendo doesn't help with the fact that they have the word new 
as a branding of a machine well, in there, I mean, which I, means something completely else to everybody else in the world. Well, it's not even it's not even the new that's the problem there because she was talking about the DS as a brand. Like, yeah, are you talking exactly. about the 3DS, the yeah. new 2DS, 2DS. 2DS, or the DS? I think because oh, I think yeah, and that was and I make yes, I'm not necessarily, but yeah, there are people who this here DS and like oh, I enjoy playing on my DS. And I mean, there are a lot of people who said like, I'm sure you have friends and probably people's parents. You say PlayStation and Nintendo as yeah. <laughs> for playing video games. Yeah, like, like, he's play, he plays on the Nintendo. Like, I know that's not true. Mm-hmm, but yeah. to some people, it's just the Nintendo or it's just the PlayStation. Um, I've never heard anybody say it's the Xbox, but whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There in the U.S. more than here, but yes, we understand. Yeah. So and so I don't I don't necessarily understand the idea of doing multiple bundles. Um, it's not even like it's there's only as far as I can tell there's only there's only three systems being introduced. There's the the Elite, mm-hmm. the Xbox, yeah. uh, the Halo One Edition, which is like the silver one. Yes. And then there's just the general one with or without a Kinect. So just that level of four different SKUs, which different that's just confusing for a lot of people. And to muddy that water with like different games, and not just different games, but different prices. It's not like okay, everything's three fifty or five hundred. Yeah, it's always starting three fifty nine, three forty nine, and going up. Yeah, there's three fifty. There's four hundred. There's five hundred. That's just very, very confusing to a lot of people. <laughs> and also think about the fact: how's retail going to stock that, and how do they know which what people want? And someone's yeah, I, coming up and like, I'm looking for an Xbox One for this holiday. It's like, eh, we have this bundle, this bundle, this bundle, but not this bundle. You can get this game. And it's like, what? I just want yeah. an Xbox. Yeah. And that's, and that's something I don't think they necessarily should have done. But, I mean, there's, I mean, I guess on the flip side, Sony came out and theirs is pretty straightforward and clean. They're doing a $50 price drop. <laughs> uh, that's that. And that yeah, Microsoft is, would argue that for the fact that they want consumers to have choice, consumers like choice. And and, and I get that, but uh, I, I, to Daniel's point, the choice should have been buy an Xbox One, get one free game. Yeah, yeah, or it comes with this game and a voucher for another game digital or something like that. Yeah, where this is like, there's like way too many of these. Yeah. Yeah, the fifty dollar price cut is nice for the folks in the US. It's a, uh, it's a yeah, nice, uh, yeah, it's nice after the Japan uh, price cut. Uh, it's a, I didn't actually I, expect it to be this soon, but yeah. I would just say this much from personal experience: fifty bucks is nothing really for a price drop. It's not going to really spur the market that much. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but usually it doesn't because fifty bucks doesn't change anything to a lot of people. Mentally, it's still over three hundred, and usually. Like three, like two ninety nine, three hundred is the sweet spot for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Granted, the PS four is already selling well, so they don't necessarily need to, you know, dip any further than that. Yeah, that's why but I was surprised that they actually, you know, they actually wanted to to quote unquote compete this holiday season in price, even though they, you know, they maybe don't actually need it. They actually caved. That's actually pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's there's that. I, 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 I do find it funny. In hindsight, even though there's been some reshuffling, that they both had price drops before the Wii U. Yeah. I don't think... I mean, officially, the Wii U hasn't had a price drop. It just no. dropped the most expensive ki- SKU. Yeah, yeah but and the retailers is, just dropped the price, and they pack in a lot of games. <clears throat> yeah. The difference is, is Microsoft and Sony aren't as 
stubborn as Nintendo are. I was going to say the difference is they can afford to eat the cost. Yeah. Uh, no, I would so say... What, what does Nintendo actually gain? Games, well, uh, well, I mean... It, the games of the debate, I'm not, I'm not going to have right now. I, I, I understand their point of view, and I agree with it as a business, as a consumer. Well, yeah, I'm, I, not, I'm not making a point. I'm saying that like, like the games as be, being a thing as well is indicative of Nintendo's stubbornness in this case. Like it sort of, you take the two together, Nintendo's a stubborn company. Well, I mean, but we we know we know with the console, we saw that they were losing money during the early years of the Wii U, yeah, um, the and they just yeah, and they just yeah, it's basically that one accessory that they I'm assuming they haven't anyhow. Not the point of this discussion. No, no, it's no. just it's just strange that three years on the Wii U started John's price with these two are. But I mean, technically, Earl, do you Xbox, actually think that if they cut the price by even even a small amount or a large amount? How much oh, more? How much more audience would they gain? How much it, more it, it, Nintendo it, it, audience is there? It's like I don't want a Nintendo console because it's too expensive. If the Nintendo oh, no. console I want I a, as a Nintendo fan is cheaper, I, I wouldn't buy one. I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't think a price drop. I. I mean, you know, it's, it's the same way when people say, they, "Like, is this this game going to save the Wii U?" The Wii U's dead. I mean, yeah, it's nothing. It's to a corp that Nintendo's even on life support until they can get onto their next thing, which is perfectly fine. I mean, I think we've all. I mean, yeah, you just need to accept it and move on. It's just you know, yeah, exactly. like you said, it, like you, you like at this point, it's just maximizing profit so you don't go under. Uh, to Daniel's point, is is a bit of stubbornness, but it's also financially it makes no sense because. What you get an extra hundred thousand sales or so during that first month, and by then cutting the end. price fifty or a hundred bucks, yeah, and it's yeah like that and doesn't weigh weigh the fact that you maybe sell fifty thousand copies at fifty thousand consoles at a higher price. Yeah. Um, so yes, there's that. Um, what else did we have in the news? Da, 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 da. No game got delayed recently, right? Think. Oh, uh, announcement yeah. of a game, which is oh, also Hitman got delayed. Or did we talk oh, about that? Right. Oh, right. Hitman did... No, we did not talk about that. Yeah, Hitman um, got delayed. I guess at the, on the same note, Hitman got delayed into, what, March of next year? March, yeah, early March. And it has a very weird... Not weird. Yes, intriguing. It's confusing intriguing. and it is weird, yes. Yeah, but I think intriguing, because it's like you can buy just the base game for 30 bucks, or you can buy the base game and additional content for like 35 and then you can, or you could just buy the game at a default sixty dollar price. Like it makes sense. It's like, oh, I just want, like, you know, it's like, it's kind of like what we asked for last year with the last gen with the season pass. It's like, instead of having the season pass be ten dollars more, why not make it fifty bucks? Like, make it ten bucks. Yes, if I don't want to pay multiplayer or something like that. Where this is very similar to that. And that if you just want the core game, you can pay a much cheaper price for it. Yeah, but the only, I don't the only understand why you would want just the core game. That's the oh, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why you would. But if somebody wanted, I think the idea is that people would see it for thirty bucks, buy it, and then realize they'd have to spend thirty-five because they get that extra five bucks. And here's here, here's here's what I'm thinking, right? And I just thought of this, so it might have some holes in it. But <laughs> it might just be a cynical way of circumventing used sales in some way, in the sense that you buy what is essentially a $30 game and $30 of DLC, even like if you if you buy it all like day one. 
And but when you trade it in because the DLC is like a code or something, like you claim the code, you don't like the game, you trade it in, and you're only trading in a thirty dollar game at that point because the code's used. You see what I'm saying? Like 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 an online pass, but it's half the game of content. You know? Yeah. I, 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 I'm I'm intrigued just to see how this experiment works out. No matter I, which I think that the main problem is with the fact that they want to wait and see how the game does and then add stuff. But if folks buy the game for the full price and in the end it doesn't sell well and they say, like, oh, we have money for one more chapter, what then? That's, yeah. you know, that's, it's, it's a wait and see approach, which I guess is fine, but in the end you don't know in front of it what's going to happen. I feel, like, I feel like the, the be- a better way of them doing it would be to... Uh, so you can buy all the content at once for $60. Okay, that's fine. But you can buy the first chapter on its own and then buy well, the rest of it separately. Because that's... you're going to know within the first chapter whether the game's for you or not. But then that would be you putting more, less money, giving them less money... But that's, that's, you the publishers them. are too afraid for that. It's the same well, I mean, reason why there are no more demos. It's like some uh, people just have their fill with that one chapter. It's like, oh, I played that. Yeah, that was okay. Well, and some people are persuaded to buy it day one because of hype or because they want to try it. And they've spent, would have spent more money even though they may only play one chapter. Well, I mean, to that point, I will say this much. Um, one, I, I, it is kind of what Nintendo is trying with Fatal Frame in the North America. In that you get the first chap, the first two chapters, I think, for free, and then you can buy the full game. I think the other point would be like that's something you can only do digitally. You can't like give somebody the first chapter in a retail environment, mm. and we still Why not? Be- um, because we still cater to the retail environment. No, why not? You sell a sell a fifteen dollar disc. Well, you could, okay, but how do you how do you get like do you print off free discs to give to people? No, I'm saying that you get like the the you, the minimum thing you can buy is one chapter for fifteen bucks or something. So you, so you expect people to? I I see it. I think I think that again going back to like the Xbox series, I think that can fr- create confusion because it's like certain like okay, you can get the first two ch- you can get the first two episodes of a season for like ten bucks, but you can't buy the entire season on its own. Well, no, no, I'm saying that you should get a choice. Like you can buy a fifteen dollar disc which has one chapter or whatever or you can buy all of it for 60 oh no what I'm saying though is that I think what what, what would you what you would see reta- I mean retailers have problems stocking games as it is stocking yes. a light version and then a full version of a game just seems like it's more headache than it's worth I don't know like uh, brick and mortar is so dumb like I just like obviously I understand why people still go to brick and mortar stores because it's cheaper than buying these console games Digitally, but <laughs> well, that's because and, and the internet isn't store. ready for it. Yeah, so. Just like I mean, I know it's easy for me to say this because I'm a PC gamer and I haven't like I, brick and mortar doesn't matter to me and hasn't mattered to me for years. But I just it's just so dumb. Like it's a chicken egg thing, and it's just so stupid. It's true, but like they, we would the see only thing like. We would yeah. see a lot of the more experimental pricing models 
that may actually be better for both the developer, publisher, and consumer. And consumer. If it weren't for brick and mortar, and but because they've yes, got to keep GameStop true. happy. Yeah, I mean, I, look what Valve does with their stuff. You know, they don't have to care about anybody else. Yeah, that's but, still pretty but, funny. But, but it's going to retail, but that's the side yeah, point. But Valve has Valve has the benefit of one having their own online store, and two. Oh no, definitely. But Valve, but one, but like Valve being able to do whatever they want means that they can also enable people to have these experimental pricing models on their store. Oh because yeah, and that's why PC game can do it more because most. I just. Because, yeah, because PC games have basically... Well, I say PC games have issued brick-and-mortar stores. Brick-and-mortar stores issued PC games. Um, you Way know. before that, but yeah. Yeah, um, I just I just think that, like, brick-and-mortar, like, for games is... GameStop says that brick-and-mortar is going to be on around forever, and I just scoff at that. <laughs> well, I think, I think uh, but at least for the coming years, especially the, the biggest market for games is still, especially for what we would call in our corner, you know, the AAA, the console stuff, you know, the, where where the most big publishers come from is still America's space, and oh, yeah, their internet yeah. just yeah. isn't good enough. Obviously, the internet good enough, not the fast America enough, has internet too much issues. But like, yeah. I feel like, like, is GameStop's time is still running out. You know, sure. Because oh no, it, it's, it's definitely running out, and I think they know that, which is one of the reasons you see stuff like we're no longer offering digital copies and bundles. It's yeah. all physical. Um, that's uh, I mean that's going to happen. I think retail retail stores will always have a point because there's just a convenience of being able to pop down the street and get what you need, and. You know, like even as great as Amazon is, they can't control the mail. So I can order something, and snow can happen. The truck can get delayed. Something can get stolen. Something can get missing. Somebody's not there to sign off on it. So like, I like I personally prefer online shopping. It's convenient. Everything's right there. But it's it's brick and mortar is always going to have its (laughs) place. If this Hitman thing works out, this whole weird pricing model that they've got. I can see more people sort of Scrunix trying to do it more and then because it's more convenient for them in you know more people will do it and it like I think like if this stuff is successful that will be the downfall of places like GameStop because place people just want to be able to publishers just want to be able to price their games more freely even if it is to charge you more you know Oh yeah, and 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 that's always going to be the issue with something is like there are good ideas that get abused, and they t- like I mean okay going back a bit I think the idea the concept of an online pass wasn't so bad it was the execution no, was and the, how people yeah, yeah says with most of these quote unquote schemes yeah. it's all it's all about the execution that is most of the time really abused and not implemented at all. Well, publishers punished instead of incentivizing. And, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I, uh, you know, eventually this is And it be also the all, all comes down to the nature of the fact that game development is still a ginormous black hole that we do not understand because we have zero access, we get no insight. And it also comes down to people being angry at stuff that's been announced before games are released it's just the fact that this is the way that games are made but they don't show us how games are made so we See, don't understand so we are angry 
this is this is going on a, a bit of a tangent, so I'm not going to go too far into this. But I would agree with you that game development's a black hole, but only because, only in the sense that it's a black hole that publishers like to lob money in, and then they complain when they don't get money out of it. You know, um, mm-hmm. so I don't necessarily agree with you on that one, but. I know. I like to see. I like the idea of a, com- a publisher like Square Enix experimenting with a pricing model. Experimenting, yeah, yeah, sure. It could be less confusing. It could be more beneficial to consumers. But an experiment is better than just going sixty dollars. You know, it's sixty bucks, and it could be good or bad. Yeah. Okay. To surf over to, to surf, surf over to our other point. Same company, different experiment, badly executed. Square Enix announced that they. Cancel the Deus X. <laughs> yes, your pre-order can no longer be augmented. So, yes, not all experiments are worth having, or not all experiments prove successful. And I'm not going to go into this. I don't even think we talked about this on the show. Uh, their pre-order campaign was stupid. I mean, that's the long and short of it. Yeah, yeah. The trailer that- really made me like shiver. It's like, oh god, it's so terrible. I'm happy. Really? I'm assuming that they didn't see the response they expected to it. Not just like people. Well, of course they didn't, because the, the, the whole trailer's like, "Isn't it fantastic? You can do yeah. this." And it's like, "No, yeah. no, you're gonna it's love not. this. <laughs> you're gonna love the fact that but you don't know what you get. Instead of you, instead of choosing what you get, you now get all of it, which makes pre-ordering the game worth it. Now, if you, you know, because you get all this cool stuff. Yeah, except for the re- the release date of the game, it's still you know it's not going to come early now. But that's the only thing. Oh, who cares? You know, there's nobody no, cares. If you're going to release a game early, then it that's not the the release date you initially said is not the release date. It's the early one. You know. Yeah. So you know, there is going to be a very small amount of people that would have been impacted in that four days or whatever it was. And you yeah, know, those four people are probably complaining. Uh, it, I imagine Polygon's probably writing their editorial. It reminds me of like when Microsoft went back on their Xbox One policies and people started complaining about how gamers neutered the future yeah. of gaming. So I saw somebody the other day go, oh, Microsoft's only losing now because they went back on their thing. And it's like, oh, come on. Oh, and, really? I, and I was like, you, uh. can't, you literally cannot tell me that they would be selling more consoles if they just stuck to their guns because they probably wouldn't be. <laughs> Their pre-orders were behind five to one when the policy ha- when they had that policy. You know, you could go out six months after the Xbox One launched, and you could buy a day one edition. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Don't I? I highly doubt it. Anyway, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm good. <laughs> it's good that Square Enix cancelled this shit. Not good that they thought of it in the first place and thought it would work. Yeah. It'd work, yeah. But yeah, now, like I say, also, now, now it's game's yeah. worth pre-ordering because you get loads of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. if you already want... You know, well, still don't know if the game's any good, but... Yeah, that's another problem with pre-ordering, as we learned recently with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5. No, no, turned out no, to no be... okay, so I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, Everybody knew this game was going to be fucking dog shit. No, there were people who were no. hoping, hoping... No. There were, there's was, a difference between hoping and knowing. Right? I, 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 I was I assuming most people did, but I don't think many people expected it to be like this bad and gitchy and messed up. Yeah, to a certain degree, but not the way it 
at the end, you know, having a patch come out day one that's larger than the game on disc is pretty atrocious. Well, I just love, like, that that 25-minute video that GameSpot made about, like... Tony Hawk's history. Yeah, how Tony Hawk's Pro Skater influenced, like, people to actually start skating. Tony Hawk himself says that he was doing brand deals with companies that didn't care about the quality of their products. And it's like, are you for real? Are you really saying <laughs> it's Like, like hmm. we've been, like, we've had like a decade's worth of terrible Tony Hawk games, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and I think, I, I I don't know how accurate this is, but didn't somebody say like the license expired at the end of this yeah, year? Yeah, that's, that's the, the talk of the industry right now. Yeah, there is a press release lying around, and you can still find it. Yeah, that, when they first signed, when they signed for the second time, for the extension that they had yeah. from the first time, and it would expire in 2015, and they were contractually obligated to make a console game up until the end of the contract. So... The okay. talk around you now is like, like a two like a, a really cheap platformer. Like I don't know why they decided to sort of do this because like the sort of smaller scope you have for a game, the less likely it is to be bad. You know, like they could have made a phone game or something. I don't know. Just released it on Xbox One. No, it had to, it had to be a console game. Yeah, oh, and yeah, then releasing it on a console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, you'd rather have something cheap and good than cheap and bad, because at least people will buy it if it's good. They could have just ripped off Oli Oli, for God's sake. Yeah, that was my favorite tweet, though. Um, was it the... Not, not Oli Oli. What's the other one that came, recently came out? Is it Oli Oli 2? Yeah, I guess that was the one. <laughs> that I, oh, I think it was Devolver Digital who's like, yeah, we heard Tony Hawk sucks, why don't you come play our game? <laughs> Short and simple. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I guess on the same note, Batman Arkham Knight seems to be heading back to PC at the end of this month. They say that, um, whether it actually happens or not, is a different matter. Um, I mean, I have... I actually managed to buy the game while it wasn't on sale on PC, and I have uh, checked it out, and they they, they issued sort of an interim patch, and it works okay, not fantastic, but it works a lot better than it used to. Um... So maybe maybe it'll be fine when they properly release it again. Maybe it won't. Uh, uh, I will say this much: after having time to sit on it for a while, you can skip it. I mean, yeah, I'm 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 about two hours into the game, and it just seems to be a bit ho hum for the most part. Um, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this is, you know, a huge Batman fan, huge fan of the franchise. It's just kind of, it's good, but it's, I I would I think it's the worst of the franchise, personally. Um, sure I've heard a lot of people say that. Um, yeah. But then, I, like, I haven't finished any of them yet, so... Is it is it just the driving part that is actually the bad thing, or are the mission structures and the on-foot stuff also I, bad? So there's I, stuff that's good, there is stuff that's good, but there's a lot of... It, it just smacks a lot of Ubisoft open world design, and it's yeah. very apparent early on. Yeah, I think I mean that was that started to be a drain on me during City, and then it got worse and worse with each progressive one. Like the rigid trophies and stuff like that. Like 
at some like the first in Arkham Asylum, it made sense. They were logically built into the environment, or you know, pictures and stuff to find. Now it's just like, oh, he has a trophy underneath the bridge. How do you get there? It's like. Okay, this is just yeah, cheating. Yeah, because in the asylum, like, you would be given a clue and you actually had to think about it. Yeah. An actual riddle, in a sense. Yeah. Is, like, like, part of the Richard's ch- ch- challenge is like, can you drive up a wall? That's not a mental <laughs> challenge. That's like, how much do you like the driving controls in this game? Um, but no, I think, I mean, I think, I think the car is one of the biggest weaknesses of the game. But I also think some of the stuff they designed around it. Like a lot of these spaces, these tend to be more open spaces. Uh, you know, Boston Countess has never been this game's strong suit. Uh, that continues here. Uh, I actually this... enjoyed the bosses in the first game. Really? Well, so, except for the Joker. Uh, except for the Joker I one. But I, was they, I, was, I was about to say, they pretty much were all the same boss battle. Dodge, throw, batarang, hit the combo. Um, well, that's, you know, that's <laughs> been with a lot of, you know, bosses in video games. It's basically I, having I, a har- harder enemy of the same type of that environment with a I new think, tool that you got in I, that environment. I think that City did it best between the Mr. Freeze one and the Ra's al Ghul fight, or Ra's al Ghul, depending on your point of view. Um, and I think Origins had some decent ones because they had more, they had smaller ones. But some of them are just very tedious. And annoying. Anyhow, <laughs> we talked about this game before. Um, I was just thinking about it because it's been out like five months. Which, honestly speaking, another tangent. I really do think people should do more often because sometimes, oftentimes, you get so caught up in this is new and this is fresh that you don't really have that objective well, time. How many people like Bioshock Infinite now compared to when it first came exactly, out? Exactly, exactly. And I think that, you know, there are a ton of games where, oh my gosh, this game's amazing, best game ever. And then by the end of the year, it's like, oh, I, you know, come to think of it, the game was, yeah, I didn't like this, I didn't like that. I mean, granted, this is part of the reason we do our game of the year in January, so that we have some time for end of the year stuff mm-hmm. to kind of sink in. But yeah, I, I mean, personally, I guess personally, I was just thinking about that from the site standpoint, is because... You know, we we most of the games we cover, we pay out of pocket for, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it makes no sense to rush through games you buy to review. So I'm just thinking like maybe we'll just do time of day stuff and revisit games that we paid, you know, within a year or so, and discuss them then because then you have a broader idea you can sit on it. Um, it's yeah. you know, I do that. I do that with movies, especially if I got to review movies. I, you know, one, you don't want to review a movie before the week it comes out. Nobody pays attention to it truth be told. So if you get it like two, three weeks out, you sit on it for a week, you think about it, you digest it, and if you can, you find people to talk about it with. And then you can kind of get your opinion. Because I do find, and this is one of the reasons I have done the podcast, talking to people about your games that you pay and, you know, like answering questions like, why do you like this? Why, you know, like, oh, you know, I paid it, I didn't. And you kind of start putting pieces together that you may gloss over when you're enjoying something because it's new. Yeah, I fully agree, but we live in the internet, and if something Everything. on the internet is an, an hour old, it's old, you know? So, and not only most, that, is if you don't things, have, like, a hyperbolic opinion about something, then you, you don't, don't get really any attention. Opinion. I mean, I'm the king of having hyperbolic opinions, for God's sake. Yeah, and, and it's, it's kind of funny, because Justin, uh, Jason, I should say, uh, sent me a link this morning, um, when we were talking about Battlefront, Offline, and it was from Polygon. It's like I don't care if Battlefront is good. I'm like, this is such a weird headline. Why, why wouldn't you? <laughs> and it, it basically, and I, I skimmed through it because it's Ben Kachura, and I really uh, oh Ben yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think 
And I think essentially his point was that it, it, it accomplishes what Star Wars fans want, so it doesn't matter. It, it, he says it's a good game, but it's enjoyable in the sense that it accomplishes what Star Wars fans want from a game. Okay, and Star Wars fans can't, be, pe- can't be people, of course, who want to play their games and enjoy that aspect, right? It's only, it's only the Star Wars things they enjoy, right? Yeah. That's how that works. Okay, yeah, and, okay, then we got each other. Yeah. So, the, the, you know, there's that. It's it's one of those things. But, yeah, you are true. And Daniel and I did this experiment years ago on N4G where I think I posted an article with just a very, very hyperbolic headline. And it got marked up to hell. People were negative about it. And he posted the same article the next day with a very simple – the headline we actually had on the website because I hate doing those clickbait headlines. Mm-hmm. Just as a quick aside – in my experience, 99% of the time, if a headline asks you a question, that question is not answered in the article. Yeah. No, of course not. <laughs> it is generally, it's generally, it ends with maybe. We don't know. We'll see what the future holds. It's like, that's stop why I don't go then. to clickbait <laughs> websites. It's like, there's Except no for point. Kick-hole. It's just wait. Yeah, ex- okay. That's, that's not a clickbait <laughs> website. It's just, just fun to visit. Well, it is a kickback. Yeah, okay, but that's, that's okay. That's beside the point. But yeah, but there's no there's no point towards it. You know, it's like but there's not enough of quote unquote people who are actually interested in real type of coverage of anything. You know, just not just video games for able to be funded for a long time. Yes, and you know, kind of bringing this full circle. This is going back to the point I was talking about with um, battle chases. Is that people read we're so used to digestible content we want stuff that's eaten sound bites which is why that's all politicians talk in in this country or we want some you know this is why top you know this is why top x just do so well it's because people have a raw emotional response to that instead of like reading why a game is picked or why a movie's picked on this it's like oh this movie shouldn't be number one and that's your response, and it's something that works. It's something that triggers it. And yes, I realize I say this, and we do top seven this as well, but I, at some point, you also have to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've I think never... websites do a combination and are honest about the fact that they need this because it pays the bills. I have no problem with that. But going back to the, to the, to the Polygon thing, it's like they pretend to be highbrow when they really are just a clickbait website. Well, this, and, is, and this is why I, whenever I hear of Ben Kuchera, I, I say Ben boobs in the backseat Kuchera <laughs> because like, he's, he, he just pretends to be... He, like, he acts like he's so aloof and like, so much more cultured when he's just not. You know, he's willing to compare a pair of thumbsticks on a controller for his video game console to, you know, a fucking pair of boobs, you know? Was he he also the same one who... Who did the Assassin's Creed article? Was that him? um, The one about how they use the same motion to give your girlfriend flowers as they do for assassination... (laughs) <laughs> oh, that might have been him, actually. He, uh, hang on. Uh, that might have been him. Uh, I don't know. Let me. I'll. I'll find out though. <laughs> but no, yes. it was uh, Shadow of Mordor. That's what you're thinking of. Oh yes, yes, yes. Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> and it, it, they they all look the same after a while. <laughs> uh, 
Ben Kachera on kick on Twitter. Kissing versus killing. How Shadow of Mordor fails at explaining the difference. Okay, yes. Is that going to people? Oh no, it wasn't Kachera? by him. It wasn't by him. That's a shame. It wasn't. It wasn't Polygon, right? It was on Polygon, but it wasn't. Uh, yes, Pol- of course. Uh, damn, that's a shame. Oh well, he still compares her controller. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, let's, just let's to kind, of, yeah, just to kind of start wrapping, we're hitting the hour and a half mark. Um, um, this is actually pretty big news. Uh, Microsoft bought Havoc, and if you yes, don't know yes. Havoc, you obviously missed the screen of like every game you ever played <laughs> <laughs> from like 2000 till until now. <laughs> Uh, but yes, it's a physics engine that is pretty much the backbone of like half the industry's games. Yeah, I just don't understand why Microsoft. Like, if yeah, it was, but, you know. if it was, if it was Epic, okay, fine, that makes sense. They put it in their engine, right? If it was, uh, I don't know, if it was some other company that sells middleware, uh, fine. But Microsoft. I don't get that buying it and still then giving out the license. What do well, they gain from that? They kind of yeah, they gain favor in the industry because everybody uses and needs it. But buying it as a first party and then still licensing well, out, why buy it as a first party then? Well, the thing is, is it we have to sort of sort of realize the difference between Microsoft when it comes to is it's highly possible that it's sort of more to be integrated with like Microsoft in general and obviously yeah, they have they now port office to to iPhone you know and mm-hmm. the, the yeah. new sort of banter is wherever you are you know we want to put apps on your operating system whatever so yeah, you know it's just a boost of their own portfolio instead of yeah, thinking about Xbox fans yeah. I just don't understand why like why Havoc like unless it's to do with I don't know integrating it with like Azure and the cloud and having cloud computation for this kind of thing I don't yeah. know um, maybe it's to go into R&D maybe not I just don't quite see what Microsoft stands to gain from having Havoc License and fees. I, uh, yeah, just just said. <laughs> money is such a, a such a like. But money makes the world go around. Although, though, because Microsoft is a multi-billion-dollar corporation already, that you know sells licenses for Office, you know, dime a dozen, and you know, I just, I just don't get it. You know, we get to a point where you've got so much money. That more money. It's so weird. They were already owned by Intel. It's like why let? Why did Intel let it go? Whoa. Also, um, ah, yeah. You know they get licensing fees, so thing. they would already get already get money. So like, yeah, they get a lump sum from Microsoft now for 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 buying it from them, but they lose the fact that they get over time money from those licenses. So why did know. Intel let that go? Yeah. It seems to be more of a kind of fit for a company like Intel than it is a company like Microsoft, but, yeah. you know. It is done, um, it is a thing. Um, yeah. At least 343 we'll can have some good physics near bad Halo games. <laughs> yes. Which I have to say, I sort of, the, the launch trailer for that, I mean, I, I, and I, know you, I know you probably were saying this from like 4 or whatever, it seems it's so 
weird how actiony they make Halo looks nowadays. Like, I mean, Halo was that always three demo was already very high paced and action, well, far more than it's ever been. Four, four wasn't all that actiony, really. It felt a lot like uh, the campaign played a lot like threes, but it was it was it was significantly more boring. Um, but like I, I know what you're talking about. Like there's all these fucking big epic set pieces, and it's like Halo was never about this, you know. Even in Halo Three, where you have the big ship fly across your head a couple of times, you know, like there's no action going on there. It's just a big ship, you know. Just and visual the end, of the world. Yeah, at the end you have this big like place exploding, and you're sort of driving away from it in a warthog, but it's still not that big of a set piece, you know. Whereas now you've got these ships blowing up in the background and this massive like environment falls down and crashes and goes everywhere and it's like, what is this? Like, it's not Halo. It doesn't look like Halo to me at all anymore. And it's just really sad to see them contort this like this already popular thing that people really fucking liked into something that was. Like it was di- something that was fundamentally different, just because there's From more people like this other thing. Like you know, it's just like oh, the, all, the, all the kind of visual identity that Halo had is mostly gone. You know, the tonal identity that it had is mostly gone. You know, they got they decided to get rid of the gameplay identity they had with Halo Four. I just don't understand who they're trying to. Ape, because if you're trying to ape Call of Duty players, then they're, they're just not moving go play Call of Duty. Yeah, they'll go play Call of Duty on the PS4 or something. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. It's just really so, strange. So yeah, final bit of news before we go on too much of a tangent. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk about Halo Five very, very soon. When it's once it out, I'm waiting yeah, for someone to leak it on YouTube. I was going to say, because I think the game... Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> Real quick, um, Far Cry Primal was announced. Yes, that's so in strange. In a very bizarre manner. Yeah, yeah. Not only so, the way, but the game itself in the end is pretty strange. I feel sorry for the developers at Ubisoft. They're going to have to animate all the all the weapons again, which they didn't need to do for Far Cry 4. Uh, they're going to have to figure out a way of unlocking the map that doesn't require you climbing towers, or maybe they'll make you climb trees. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Rocks. How are they going to do it? How are they going to design an Ubisoft game world around, you know, prehistory? feel sorry for yeah, the I, I really think that... So this game was announced last week in a weird, bizarre manner because they had a 24-hour live stream of a they painting. They were really awkward about out. announcing it. They were just yeah. like, oh, we've got this thing. What is it? Try and guess what it is. And they're like... And then they said, oh, it's a Far Cry game. And then they left it. And it's like, huh? What? Strange. Yeah, and it comes and out it, like February, weird, doesn't it? It comes out the same day as this. There's a whole other tension that we'll get back to another day. It's like same day as uh, Mankind Divided. Do we actually know right now if it's a $60 game or not? Why wouldn't it be? It's mm-hmm. about the same time frame for another Far Cry. Yeah, I mean, every year. <laughs> That's but, pretty much the time frame. Well, it's about two... It's, they sort of try and just get two years in. Is it? Because I thought the last one came out last November. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it came yeah, out November last year. 
Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. November 2014. Oh, that's interesting. I thought it was before that. No, no. no. I mean, that's I think there was weird. a gap between there was a gap between three and the last one. So they they are they are closing the gap the gap of the release release windows for those then. Yeah, that's I I took a three point. I thought he was talking about because I think Dread Dragon came out because well, Dread Dragon what came out like that you know that was that, whatever it was but that came out like that. What March, April of the year? A year out. after Far Cry yeah. came out, yeah. Yeah, but like, like that's that was not a sixty dollar title. No, that's but, why I yeah. think that's why I think that's why he was asking. Yeah, and just and, and just in general, the feel around the game isn't like this. Maybe just because they haven't shown as much, but it doesn't feel like a numbered sequel without the number attached to it. The problem with that is, is they'd have to put a lot of effort into. You know, like I said, redesigning the game, the, the fundamentals of the game, you know, and recreating assets and stuff for it to be a side game, which is just... Uh, it's just weird. Yeah. It's just weird, and I really think there's going to be a twist because the people who play Far Cry cry, the cry really the gun experience, and what you're going to do now, I have just throwing spears and... That's your highest-powered weapon you'll have. It's like, or just bow and arrow. It's, it's too slow for a Far Cry game. It's like, yes, some people will enjoy that, but the people who have enjoyed Far Cry so far, especially the third and the fourth one, really like the gunplay aspect. So I really yeah. think there's going to be a twist where they you know, they'll, they'll make some kind of mechanism where these people are smarter and have invented wooden guns or something like that. And the strange thing is, is the game is out within six months, and yes. even shorter than that. No yeah. gameplay. Like nope. at least like when Bethesda said, I mean I know we're talking about a different company here, but when Bethesda said, oh yeah, by the way, Fallout 4 is still coming out this year. Um, they showed us loads and loads and loads of gameplay, you know? Which but you immediately understand and understand how the game's going to work. Yeah, yeah, we've got nothing for this. And it's, I don't know. I mean, obviously, um, there's pre-ordering. Paris, Paris Games Week is in, is, in a, is in two weeks, and they'll probably reveal a gameplay trailer I there. I hope so. It's their home, there home territory. Paris, there's not gameplay yeah. at Paris. I'm not going to... I'm just going to write this one off because... It's too too close to not have gameplay. And release date of the game, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really feel there's going to be a, a twist where they can f- cram inside g- g- gun gameplay. What do you think, Earl? Do, do, is oh, really no. If they do that, that would be awful. I, 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 would, I have to imagine they would. I just feel like... I mean, I know that's, uh, that's building up the melee, but it's a shooting engine. I just feel like even if it's like you know maybe like a bow and arrow, like maybe spears, um, like I don't you know I'm not expecting an Uzi or anything like that. But I, <laughs> no, but <laughs> they're going to bring back the, spears. the RoboCop gun that they had in Blood Dragon and Far Cry Four. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> Filled with stones, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just shooting stones. Out of a RoboCop, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just, uh, yeah. Just, it's a weird game. It's weird. It's don't weird because I don't know anything about it. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's it for this week. I guess there's any 
thing. Oh, the uh, other thing that just well didn't just come out but broke today is that the Diorium from Back to the Future will be heading to Rocket League, which I think cool. is an amazing, amazing thing, especially being that this isn't an. I don't think this is the anniversary of the film. No, the film came out 20 years ago. But it's the end of... Not the anniversary. It's the time that Marty McFly goes to the future and back to the future too. He goes to the future, I believe it's the 15th of this year? No, the 20th, 20th some 21st of this, this month. He mm-hmm. goes to the future and back to the future too. And just for the record, that is when he went back to the future. Not the crap that people have been putting online for the last three years, which has gotten <laughs> on my nerves. Yes, oh god, that's so stupid. The worst part is that people kept on falling for it. Like, watch the damn yeah. movie. It's not. You know, it's, go to the Wikipedia page and see the actual thing. It's actually on YouTube, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like how there was actually there was literally a Tumblr account that was set up to generate one of those every day, and people <laughs> yeah, would always know, yeah. block it. People who do that are geniuses, but still, people who believe that is so. Jeez. Uh, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> I'll talk about my 30th anniversary package after the after the thing. <laughs> but yes, um, for Daniel. Oh, the, the, oh, the, the, the Valve thing. Do you want to talk about it at all? Oh, or I, d- I don't know. What, I don't know. I don't know what that is. So okay. I, so one minute. One minute. So Valve's basically coming to retail for GameStop, EB Games in Canada, uh, Game in the UK, and that's it so far. And they'll have a dedicated space for valve made hardware in terms of the controller and in terms of the link for in for the hub in home to link your steam games towards the tv and they'll have partners who sell steam machines this fall and basically having a brand new space in those three retailers to show off what steam and valve is really about with the, with their new hardware and having logos on it for steam machines I don't understand how this is news because Valve has had dedicated sections in game stores for years, like at least two years. And they have, they, I mean, it's not the same. But they've had, like, they have Valve stores or booths in the conventions. Like, I know they had a big one at PAX Prime where they sell a bunch of action figures and shirts and merchandising. Um, yeah, it is because of the Steam hardware that's coming out this holiday, really pushing uh, it. I forget this is a thing. <laughs> They've already yeah, had everybody that, forgets the, that the, the, thing. the game have had displays for the Steam Link. Game game have had displays for Steam hardware for since basically they've been announced. It's, I just don't understand why this is news. Maybe it's new to EB in Canada and GameStop in the US. I don't know, but we've had it. We've always had it. They had, yeah, they had a grand grand push, a press releases and everything. It's like all the whole schedule laid out. You know, this is just. They they think it's a major deal that they that these machines are really coming out and their own hardware is really coming out. They're really pushing it now. So I would be surprised people if people actually buy into it, but that's a completely different issue. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I'm not going to go into it because this is a rant that will take days for me to finish. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess it's interesting that Valve are actually trying. I guess because a lot of the yeah. time they just don't bother. I mean, look at how Steam Broadcasting turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, you just yeah, it, it's interesting that they are themselves pushing for for you know for going to retail and having this space when generally retail and PC gaming haven't matched in basically ten years. 
Yeah, well, you need retailers to sell your hardware for you because yeah, yeah. else is going to do it. Yeah. Just wanted to add that up at the end. Sorry, Earl. Okay, okay. Now <laughs> we're good to go. Yeah, we're good to go. We're good to go. Um, we will be back in... Honestly, at this point, I think we'll be back next week. I do think it's getting to the point where there's enough game. There's a lot of games to talk about, and saving it for two, three weeks really does make a long show. So it's probably just easier to go back to Wiki for a bit. Um, I think, for me, you folks have had this since, you know, God knows, like 2010 at this point, it feels like. Uh, Yoshi's Woolly World comes out here in North America. Yeah, finally for you guys. Um, what else comes out this week? I we don't know. That game on the game, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's how long ago it came out here. It was released on the GameCube. Released uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the GameCube, doesn't uh, it? Uh, 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 Let me see in the list. August, October. October, D. Okay. Uh, Minecraft. Minecraft Story comes out this week. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future, the game. The Witcher 3 expansion pack comes out. Uh, there's actually a Goosebump game that was announced this week that's out on PS4 and PS3, I believe. A Goosebumps um, game? Yeah, yeah, it's a visual novel. Is that movie coming out? Oh. Yeah, the movie's coming out Friday for us. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's why, yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest Hero comes out this week. The, yeah, it's a pretty decent week. Um, Not and, a big week yet, but... For some reason, I thought Rock, I thought Guitar Hero came out this week, but that does not seem. No, to that's be. in the week of the twentieth. Rock Band came out. It's already come out. Yes, that that I've earned. Uh, as I because th- we had the launch party at New York Comic Con, but for some reason, I assume launch parties come happen before the game comes out, um, not after them. But <laughs> it is what it is. Oh well, that's just a timing thing, I bet. Okay, so we will catch you when we catch you. Thanks, everybody.